0: Welcome to the Confident Entrepreneur Podcast, a place for you to get inspired, build confidence, and have authentic conversations about the challenges of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Faith Hubdee. I'm a wife, a mom, a serial entrepreneur, and an integrative life and business coach. Each week, I will be bringing you new episodes from not only my 16 years in business, but also interviews with your fellow entrepreneurs in a variety of industries. We do better when we learn from each other, and we're going to be sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly, our successes, and our failures. We're going to laugh, and we might cry a little bit, but we're going to do it together. My hope for you is that you will be inspired to confidently go after your dreams and design a life and a business that you love. Welcome to another episode of The Confident Entrepreneur. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Emily Nielsen, who is a board-certified nutritionist and who specializes in gut health. Today, we're gonna to be talking about self-care, which is such a I feel like a taboo topic. And I just wanna shed some light on that because Emily and I have had lots of conversations. She's actually my personal nutritionist. So she has saved me on many occasions over the years. Um, as I've gone through my health journey. And um, self-care is something that she preaches to her clients. And a lot of times I think people think self-care equals selfishness. And we kind of want to get rid of that stigma today. So welcome, Emily. Thank you
1: so much. I'm thrilled to be here. It's always fun to chat with you, especially on this topic, which we're both really passionate about. And we are also always reminded to practice what we preach. Yes, so this will be a good reminder for both of us, I'm sure.
0: That is so true. So we actually had a conversation. Well, we've had lots of conversations about this, but a couple of years ago, we had a conversation um, on another podcast about um, self care. And it just, it wasn't really meant for that, but that was kind of what it morphed into. And so I just kind of wanted like, you know, years later to like continue that conversation absolutely. (laughs) because it was so good. And I think it was really valuable. Um, So why don't we start by, I'm going to have you give your definition of self-care and then I'm going to give my definition and see if, well, they're probably the same, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find
1: out. We'll compare and contrast after this. So I would absolutely say self-care is anything that fills up your tank, right? So there are many, many things in our world that we do, whether that's on a daily basis or we avoid intentionally that deplete us, right? And it can be really good things. It can be, uh, you know, our kids, our families, our jobs. Um, But self-care is when we kind of flip the script, Right. And we pick to, or we choose to do things intentionally that fill up our tank, right? That actually restore us and rehabilitate us every in, in every sense from a functional level. So our feeding ourselves to um, removing distractions to uh, lighting a candle because we're saying, okay, we're going to take 30 seconds and have like a shift in lighting to like try to shift the mood. And so anything in that realm, and there's obviously... Um, we'll talk about more, all of these different areas of self-care. It's not just one thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just what you eat or the activities you engage in. It's um, a mental state. It's an emotional state, spiritual,
0: physical, all those pieces. So that's my really long answer for your short question. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. So um, I looked on On the interwebs of what is self care, and it said self care has been defined as the process of taking care of oneself with behaviors that promote health. And I think you're absolutely right. The self care is an intentional thing, and I think especially with women, and especially then more with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm, Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Because I know a lot of your clients are entrepreneurs too, so you see it on that end too, and. Why do you think that self-care has been categorized as selfish? Well, first of all, I think the English language kind of screws us over a little bit, <laughs> it <does>. right? Because <laughs> in so many ways actually. Self-ish
1: and self-care—you're like, oh, self, like self, you know. And, and I think uh, for women in particular, the idea of self is not something always, or not something we're always really comfortable with, mm-hmm. right? And so that arrows in type of introspection or, um, arrows in attitude, right. Seems to be a selfish behavior. And we have a negative connotation with selfish. You grow up hearing, don't be selfish. Stop being so selfish. Mm -hmm. Stop, you know, stop being selfish of your time or your money or whatever it is. And so besides like, you know, English giving us a a bit of a shaft there, we feel like our time, energy, finances, whatever that is, should be spent on others, Mm -hmm. right? Outside of our own selves.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times people think that, especially women, you know, they, they are natural givers. And so we're giving to our kids, we're giving to our business, we're giving to our, our friends, you know, and that's good, you know, that's a good thing. I think, um, for me, when I hear that self-care is selfish, um, a lot of times it's in, um, religious circles Mm, (laughs) and it's this idea of self, you know, that, you know, selfish self and selfishness kind of go together. Um, but I think when we define what selfishness is, that is usually depleting from someone else. So you're taking, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's, you know, food or whatever, you're taking care, care of yourself above someone else. And that's not what we're talking about. And we talked about this with, um, Lindsay Kirby, a couple podcasts about uh, back. And she, she did a really good job. Cause she had, she had done both. She, she, we, and I think we all have at some point, but, um, d- done self-care where it was selfish and then done self-care where it's not, and then not done any self-care at all. <laughs> like, yep. you know, there's so many different extremes to that. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about in our last conversation was we kind of flipped the verbiage because, like you said, the English language kind of messes us up to instead of self-care, it's care of self. And when you think of it that way, it makes it feel less selfish. Yeah. You know, and it's it really self-care is not selfish. So Um, The other thing I think that has been to the detriment of women specifically is that self-care is just a matter of getting a pedicure or, um, you know, taking a bath or, you know, just getting to wash your hair, you know, (laughs) and while all those things are good. Yeah, the luxuries. Um, And yeah, that's a good point that it doesn't have to be a luxury experience for it to be self-care. So one of the things that I found is um, this, kind of definition of the seven pillars of self-care and I'm just going to run through them and maybe we can kind of touch on yeah, the different absolutely. ones. Um, so the seven pillars of self-care and I actually, if you're listening to the podcast, I want you to write these down because we're going to give you some homework here. Um, seven pillars of self-care are mental, emotional, physical, environmental, spiritual, recreational, and social. And so before the podcast, Emily and I were talking about how a well-balanced person, which you know I hate that word balance. I know. I'm so surprised <laughs> you pull it out. Um, how about a round rounded? Oh, okay. Okay. I, <laughs> that makes me feel better. Um, person um that can serve, you know, that, you know, it's like you said, it's filling your cup up so that you can pour out to others mm-hmm. if you want to, but also that you have enough that it takes care of yourself. Um but all those areas, all those seven pillars may not have the same amount of weight for in each individual. Right. So can you touch on like what, what you see in your practice, as far as your clients go, where, where you guide them as far as those seven pillars? Yeah, absolutely. So each body is unique,
1: right? And so each way, that we address those seven pillars is going to be unique. And so it's not across the board. It's not like everyone needs to go create space to take a bath every night, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of mentality. It's not that everyone needs to food prep on the weekends or do X, Y, Z. It's really about what your capacity is in certain areas and where you need extra support in, right? Um, I actually thought of it the other day when you posted your um, photos of your fabulous profitings where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, like you just need some support sometimes, (laughs) right? You just need the right type of support. Right. And so if you're struggling in an area of uh, like recreational, right? Self-care. You're not creating enough time and space or margin in your life to do things that bring you joy and fun, right? That activity, the go, go, go. For other people, it's really about creating the mental space. So maybe you're great at engaging and making appointments with friends to go bowling or do things that really bring you fun and joy in that recreational state, but you're not creating time and space for your brain to decompress at the end of the day or set intention for your goals, or process past traumas or experiences that you've had. And I tell my clients all the time that your health is not just one thing, right? It's not just your diet. It's not just your exercise. It's not just your Mental health, it's about all of these working pieces moving forward together. Mm -hmm. And there's seasons in our lives when we need to focus more on different pillars than others to build up. It's like we don't want any of these to become stragglers and get left behind because then it pulls and it creates a deficit and a draw on all our other systems. Mm -hmm. And so even though balance is not our favorite word, right sometimes we need to do an assessment and say, hey, who's getting left behind? What areas are not getting the attention that they deserve? And often for women, it is this idea of care of self, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we're getting plenty of recreational self-care because we're taking our kids to the park and we're doing all of those kinds of things. Maybe we're getting lots of, that would be the physical one too, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know many uh, moms of littles that are not getting some physical right. uh, movement and things like that, but maybe there's other things where um, it comes to nutrition or it comes to positive relationships with people, um, and I think there's a there's another disconnect between um, doing uh, so, like intentional behavior, and then avoidance behavior, mm-hmm. because. So many times in my practice, I don't, I see women not feeling guilty or having this idea of being selfish behavior when they're avoiding certain things, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they're like, oh, I don't smoke because it's good for my health. I don't do drugs. I don't blah, blah, blah. Right? right. I don't eat this. I don't do that. And we, from society, we get a buy. We're like, oh, good for you. You're not doing those things. Right. right? as opposed to intentional additions where we go, we are choosing to do this. We are choosing to create time and space for sometimes radical self-care. And for my sickest patients that come through my practice, I will always say, we will do everything we can to build you up, right? We are here to figure out what pillars are lacking, what areas are needing the most support so the whole body can move forward to heal but at the same time there is a good chance that you will not stay well if you do not create habits in your life for sometimes this idea of radical self-care and i hate i hate the idea of radical self-care it means it's like you're oh you're radically doing this right But sometimes we need that shift, which is like, no, I radically, I have to intensely take care of myself Mm -hmm. and protect myself in order to live long and healthy and happy and be there for my grandkids or to travel and live the life that I want to live. And so it's not necessarily a concession, but it has to be an act of choice sometimes to create that prioritization of your life.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I love that, that thought process of you may be saying no to all the right things, but if you're not saying yes to the right things, then it's, it's really not doing what you think, you know, what you're convincing yourself that it's doing. Right. So I love that idea. So as, as someone that l- I literally live this, cause you, you actually got to see me live this, lucky yeah. you. <laughs> and, and in this sense, it was mostly physical. However, you know, that physical, if the physical is out of whack, then the mental is out of whack. Yeah. And on here, I don't think it has it doesn't have financial on here but i think the financial you can easily add that as another pillar yep. um especially for entrepreneurs um but if if one of these things is out of whack then it's going to affect your emotional health mm-hmm. it's going to if your physical health is out of whack it can affect your environment or vice versa and so all of these things working together but also they can work against each other. Absolutely. So it has to be, like you said, it has to be all these things and making these intentional choices. And I think that's the hard part. Right. So how do we get to, or maybe you can tell me where you see, because I know where it was for me. For me, it was physical where I was like, okay, I have to do something because now it got to the point where I wasn't being able, not only I couldn't take care of myself, but I also couldn't take care of my family. I mean, I was shutting down at four o'clock and that was it. And I couldn't take care of my family. I couldn't take care of my business. I couldn't take care of myself. So that's a pretty extreme, right? (laughs) which I know you had the same experience, but, um, but it affected everything else. Yeah. That meant I couldn't, I couldn't invest my time and energy into my friends and my family. It meant I couldn't, um, my mental health, mental health and spiritual health, a lot of times kind of affect each other and the emotional part of it. Oh man, that's, that's out of whack. (laughs) That was, was, let's just say that was way out of whack. That wasn't even on the radar. That was, yeah, it was so out of whack. So, um, but then in turn, it affected my social and my so So that's, I'm, that's an extreme example, but I think a lot of women, especially, I mean, men do too, but, um, get to that point where it's shut down mode, right. and now all the pillars are crumbling. Yeah. So tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so I really like to describe it um, f- from like a medical standpoint, because that's totally how my brain works, right? And in the body, we have systems that compensate, right? So if something is out of whack, we don't have enough of this nutrient, or the liver's not working as well as it should, or we're lacking an enzyme, right? The body is so intentional at finding um new routes right it's going to adapt and it's going to find a different system to try to draw from right and this is the same idea if we have a glaring uh gap right in our care of self routine whether it's any of these different pillars financial physical spiritual emotional all of those aspects then the body is going to say or the the, your overall health right is going to go okay we're gonna draw from this system, right? So maybe you're gonna draw more energy from your emotional bucket, right? You're gonna draw more energy from um, your, your spiritual bucket or your social bucket or whatever it is. But over time, if we don't go back and lay some foundations, like you said, your pillars are crumbling, right? (laughs) They're disintegrating because there's too much weight. We have to spread things out. We need a pyramid, right? That's really what we need in our health is we need this strong foundation so that we can weather life's stresses. Things will happen. Mm -hmm. Life is never going to be like easy smooth no bumps in the road there will always be something that crops up right mm-hmm. and so with with this idea of compensating if we have these um, areas that are acting as draws on the system over time we start bringing down all of the other areas like you said right everything else is starting to get depleted. Um, and then we do. We end. We're kind of cruising for a bruising, right? We end up in a crash state, or or seeing that like, okay, what happened? Everything around me is crumbling. And so, first of all, it really helps to have an outside perspective mm-hmm. because you can't always see where your life is crumbling at or what started it down that road from your own lens, right? right? And so sometimes, if you're you're in a recovery mode, or if you're in a good like maintenance kind of mode, you can check in with yourself on a daily, weekly basis, and say, okay, where where are my pillars? How are we doing? What's get What's not getting enough attention here, right? Because the squeaky wheel is going to get. The oil, mm-hmm. except for that, many of us are just great at just putting some earplugs in and like dealing and making it through, right? right. Like we just are like, by see you, love you." We're gonna, we're gonna just power through, yeah. right? Power through, yeah. Yes, that's what we're <laughs> so good at that. Yeah. And it, it in the end, what happens is you power through enough and you end up powering down, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to. Compensate for the deficit that has been created over years or decades of ignoring different areas of your life, and so getting an outside perspective to say, "Hey, like I, (laughs) I'm crumbling here. What could be some of the root causes?" Mm -hmm. and then creating intentional additional behavior, not avoidance behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So I teach my clients about creating margin. The margins are for space, but we can use those margins to help identify some of the deficits. Mm -hmm. And now when we start intentionally adding things in, right, imagine that we've got this time, like this, this block, right? And it can move forward or backward. But But it can't um, do both, right? It can't fill up the space. It's a set time. So those margins are hard and fast. And when we add things in, it moves the block a certain direction. Okay, well, now if we've added something in, we've got to take something out. And it happens as a byproduct of those intentional add-ins. If you focus on areas in your like pillar health, right, that are really at a deficit and we're just crumbling away because there's no support there and we intentionally add something in, but we know that every action has a reaction. So now we have to take something out, right? <laughs> it's it's going to push something off the edge. Often what gets pushed out when we have that mindset shift of care of self are things that we're not serving you right so whether that's a, an activity that you were doing just because you thought you should be doing it or it's a relationship that you had because it's just the way it's always been you start to find that when you add intentional activity or behavior in whether that's meal prepping whether that's going to the gym whether that's doing nothing right whatever that looks like for you whether that's seeing a mental health counselor or actually going to get your hair done or like sitting and saying, I'm going to take 15 minutes in the middle of my work day to do deep breathing or whatever that is. Um, all of a sudden that meeting, maybe that was optional, but you've always gone to, cause you're trying to get ahead and whatever else. Well, that 15 minutes that you took for your breathing. So you could try to modulate your stress response during the day has kicked out that meeting. And you're like, oh yeah, no, that was a useless meeting. That's not getting me anywhere in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can create this tidal wave of change in your life when you change, um, your outlook and your intention.
0: Yeah. And it, and it, it can be so that simple, like just a little change. And there's been so many times in my life where I've given up that, you know, group that I'm a part of, that is a nice group. They're great people. And I've been in it for years, but yeah, I'm not. It's not serving me. It's not helping any of my pillars get built up. And so I love that. That's a great analogy. Um, one of the things that you talked about was the margins, and I love that concept of creating the space to be able to put the, the good stuff in, and it kind of it takes out automatically takes out the bad stuff, or and maybe not bad. Bad is yeah. probably not a great word yeah. to use, but. Um, the stuff that is keeping us from who and where we want to be. yeah, um and I love that. that's that's a perfect analogy. Okay, so we've been talking about the pillars and all the things, margins. And so I'm sure people are like, well, yeah, I know I have things crumbling and I know that there's deficits, and I know there's you know, no margins. And I know I'm overwhelmed. And (laughs) you're like, yes, I identify as
1: a hot mess. Yes, I I know.
0: I know. But now what do we do about it? (laughs) And I think, you know, we talk about this a lot in the podcast that our brains and our bodies are designed to be programmed. So they are, they will follow whatever pattern we put in place, whether that is positive or negative or Um, detrimental or not. So it doesn't matter what that pattern is. If we can, we can put a new pattern in place and our body will follow it Mm -hmm. and our brain will follow it. So we talk, we already identified the seven pillars of self-care. So tell us what we can do, like the top three things that we can do to, if we know that we're have all these pillars crumbling or one or two are crumbling, or we just feel like we're out of whack, out of balance, what can we do?
1: So this is going to be so unique for every individual. So there's no one right thing. And this is where the idea of care of self is not general. It's not universal. It's not glamorous or expensive or any of those things Mm -hmm. it is so unique and individual so the first thing you have to do is really identify the deficit right Mm -hmm. where are we lacking and this can be really challenging because we're so great at compensating Mm -hmm. right so we may think we're just um so tired uh because we never have time and we're so tired we're so tired we're so tired right we identify it with our toddlers and not sleeping through the night or we're burning the candle at both ends, or there's a giant dog sleeping on our bed, whatever it is. Right. I felt like that was personal, but okay. Um, uh, just a generalization, Faith, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: That was a personal attack.
1: Um, it was a personal example. For those of
0: the, you that don't know, I, my great Dane sleeps in my bed and he often is the reason I don't get sleep. And I end up having to kick him out of his, out of the bed. And it's very offensive to him. <laughs> so then we, so traumatic experiences,
1: right? Maybe we tie that in with his trauma is now filtering into your, yes, into your yes. <laughs> so we, we've got to identify, right? We've got to figure out where the deficit is and that can take some time, but it, yeah. and so maybe our first one should actually be take some time, right? Yeah. Create some, some margin, in. Yeah. to identify where those those deficit areas are and that will take uh, maybe that takes the form of like doing some meditation or a brain dump or like taking an assessment of your week and where your energy output is occurring and what things actually fill your tank and what don't and looking at those pillars and saying oh yeah okay these are areas that i feel like I have stability. And these are areas that I feel like are crumbling. So step one, identify, right? Mm -hmm. Figure out who the heck is falling apart in here and what needs the biggest support. Mm -hmm. Next next comes action, right? You have to choose an action step to support those pillars that are crumbling. It doesn't have to be astronomical. Sometimes it does need to be radical, Mm -hmm. right? If you have a severe autoimmune condition or you have uh, a really um, toxic relationship or you have an area in your business that is a huge drain on your emotional or physical energy, there may need to be some big action taken, Mm -hmm. but you can start small, right? Right. So pick um, an attainable action step for each of those crumbling pillars that are going to not take up more space, but we're going to add in intentionally. And then by default, because we have good established margins, something is going to fall off
0: the end, right? Something that maybe is not serving us. And that's part of that reprogramming our brain and our bodies to do what we actually want it to do versus what it's been programmed to do. If it's not programmed to do what we want it to do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then once you have these, you know, you've, you've identified some imbalances, you've created an action plan, <laughs> now you need some accountability <laughs> because like this idea of programming, we are quickest to let go of care of self when life gets big, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We are typically, and this is a generalization, absolutely. So it will not apply to everyone, but typically women, women in business, uh, trying to figure out this ethereal balance, right? We let go of the the margin or the care of self first. Mm -hmm. When things hit the fan, when the kids are sick, when we're launching a new phase, when the family is falling apart when the parents need us to take care of them. Now, whatever is happening in your life, typically the first thing to fall off is that care of self. Well, that doesn't serve anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Long-term, especially not the people that you're trying to serve. And I was really trying to make it through this whole talk without... (laughs) The oxygen mask analogy I tried so hard to not mention it I feel like it's valid oh man I'm so tired <laughs> of hearing it but it's so true it if it isn't true right yeah it is true I literally gave myself a pep talk in the car and was like do not use the oxygen mask <laughs> analogy when we're talking about self-care because it's been done and done again yeah so well there you go we all know it you don't even have to I don't, say I'm it. not even gonna say it oh. <laughs> but it is true you can fix that in post well and I
0: night. think this is where the the self the care of self because we've right. we've re- re- yes. redefined it for everyone
1: yeah um patent pending
0: yeah exactly <laughs> anyway, care of self and selfishness gets, it gets right. messed up because obviously we're not implying that if your kids are sick, right. that you, that it's time for you to leave and go take a bath. Right. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like,
0: you are know, like you, work you, it out. You need to take care of your kids, Susan. You'll you know? be fine. <laughs> yeah. you need yeah. to take care of your kids. Um, but it just, and this is where the reassessment comes right. in because you exactly. said reassessed often. Right. So maybe i can't um actually i did this when i was when my kids were little yeah there my son when he was a baby would scream like he was being skinned alive every time i would take him to the gym, gym nursery oh yeah so going to the gym was just not an option mm-hmm. because it did not it just didn't work right yeah <laughs> and i it, it just never worked so what i ended up having to do is then forcing myself to work out at home which obviously is way harder for most people. Um, but that was something that was really important to me. And so during nap time, I'm literally running back and forth across the living room, you know, doing sprints, which is now in retrospect, very ridiculous, but it worked and it got me, you know, it did, it did the same effect. Was I going to the gym and working out as hard as I would? No. Yeah. But was I still creating space for that thing that was very important to me? Yes. And I think that is where, you know, we can't get stuck on because life moves fast absolutely, and we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. And um, while it's important to create patterns and um, kind of rules for ourselves and, and margins, like you said, we have to be adaptable, right? Life
1: is not static, right? Yeah. And so your pillars and the needs in different areas, and this goes the same in the nutrition world, right? Your nutrition needs, Are not the same throughout your life Mm -hmm. they're not the same throughout the your cycle they do not they're not static they do not stay the same Mm -hmm. and so reassessment is our 3b right if if 3a is accountability and making sure that you have people or presences in your life or you you write it down right and you say or you tell someone like hey i'm gonna do this thing right Mm -hmm. and then have have your people in your life support you in those areas Mm -hmm three B of our, you know, three steps is going to be that reassessment Mm -hmm. because life changes. And you said it comes at you fast. Things happen and pillars are going, different pillars are going to need different support in different stages. And that's okay. Health Mm -hmm. is a journey. It's not a destination. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just say, okay, rebuilt my pillars and now we're good to go. Right. (laughs) We're moving on from this whole idea of care of self. It is Mm -hmm. a perpetual intentional behavior Mm -hmm. that is going to sustain you it's going to reduce your risk of cancer it's going to reduce your risk of chronic illness it's going to reduce your risk of just feeling like a crazy person and getting to the end of your (laughs) life and being like what was i even thinking all i wanted to do was travel the world and have you know these experiences or avoid all of these experiences that i did have right Mm -hmm. And so really encourage people to set some time
0: to create margin and assess Mm -hmm. their pillars. And I think that is like the hardest part Mm -hmm. is the time. And so our challenge is gonna be today, not tomorrow, like whatever day you're listening to this podcast that we want you to assess your seven pillars, see which ones are crumbling um the worst. <laughs> like yep. don't we don't want you to get overwhelmed if all your pillars are yeah, crumbling, okay. but choose the ones that are crumbling yep. the worst or <laughs> the the fastest, maybe. Yep. She's going now. <laughs> so yeah. Which one is, needs the most support? And then do what Emily told you to do. Do the assessment, do the action, and then find some accountability. Um, and it doesn't have to be, like she said, these big radical changes, although those may be, and maybe as you're doing your assessment, you choose a small action step, and then maybe if there's a necessary radical step, because right. some, some of these things, we can make big changes with little, big Absolutely. changes with little changes, Absolutely. but sometimes it needs to be a complete 180 and going the other direction in some areas. But um, only you can assess that for yourself. Um, But if you need help, obviously find some professionals that can help you, especially after you identify those specific areas, there's, there's resources. So um, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for being here. This was helpful for me. This is a good reminder.
1: It was fabulous.
0: Absolutely. It's such a
1: good reminder. I'm like, oh, I think I need to go identify some pillars. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: How are my pillars? I don't know. I know. How are your pillars? <laughs> well, I'm going to
1: go identify some deficits and then uh, create some action steps and then I'll call you for some accountability.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's always wonderful to chat with you and I appreciate you so much. Um, if you want to follow Emily, Emily, where can they find you? So, on Facebook or Instagram, Nielsen Nutrition, it's spelled
1: funky, but you can guess and you'll get there. Um, or on our website at
0: nielsennutrition.com. And you won't have to guess because I'll actually put that information in the oh, comments. You took
1: all <laughs> the fun out of it. I was excited to see all the combinations of letters. That they but give.
0: you should follow Emily. She gives some great, great tips for gut health and life health nutrition, all the things. So um, her and I have a similar integrative approach to she for nutrition and me for coaching. So um, go check her out and make sure you share this podcast with anyone that might have some pillars that are crumbling. Probably don't tell them that though.
1: I mean, I feel like it's everyone.
0: Oh no, it is everyone. Yeah,
1: so like, <laughs>
0: feel free to share this podcast with everyone. With everyone, because, everyone um, has pillars, and yeah. that actually—that is a good point. We're going to end with this point because yeah. everyone thinks that everyone else's pillars are strong and solid, and that is not true. Mm-hmm. I know I see it in my practice. I see it in myself. Mm-hmm. Emily is the same, and everyone has pillars that need more support. Maybe they're not completely crumbling, but there's always, always room for improvement in our pillars. So everybody needs to do this assessment. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Confident Entrepreneur. You are listening to The Confident Entrepreneur podcast. While I hope that you were inspired by this episode, my biggest inspiration comes from you and I would love to hear what you think. So leave a review and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Do you have a question or a podcast idea? I want to hear that too. Shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram at The Confident Entrepreneur or visit my website at www.confidententrepreneur.net. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Confident Entrepreneur.